welcome to 17 Minutes of Science, our show that explores the world of science and how it affects both the starting academic and the seasoned professional. I am Hannah Houston, and today I am joined by Dr. Chris Hopkins, the CSO here at InVivo Biosystems. Chris pioneered the commercialization of C. elegans transgenics. As a scientist turned entrepreneur, he now pioneers the application of humanized animal models for discoveries in personalized medicine and natural products. Welcome, Chris. I'm very excited to get to talk to you today. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to uh, participate. We are very excited to have you. So I am now starting my 17 minute timer and we will jump right into questions. Okay. So to begin, what got you interested in science and what was the first thing that got you really excited about pursuing this career? Uh, I've sort of had science in the blood. Uh, my dad's been a scientist, so, so it's been sort of ingrained into me from a very early start. Um, but you know, in college is probably about the time when I, when I jumped into a lab and uh, got into the uh, lab of a uh, lab called, um, uh, it was Toad Oliveira's lab. And what he worked on was uh, uh, cone snails and they're highly venomous uh, snails that eat live fish. And so one of the things I did there is I, I, I studied the snail uh, toxins and then I found a way to actually extract the toxins by figuring out how to milk a snail, which is basically uh, how do you take a snail and get its venom out of it? And uh, we published on that and, and that's an intriguing story in of itself. Yeah, fascinating. I did not actually know that you could milk a snail, uh, learning something new every day, I guess. That was probably an experience. Yeah, yeah. So, so when, you, when you ask, how do you milk a snail? Well, so these uh, snails are little cone snails. They send out a thing called a, a, a sort of a tongue, but it's a proboscis. And it's a very long thing that looks a little bit like a worm as it snakes out of their mouth. And when they sense a fish, they send this out and they're usually buried in the, in the sand. And so a fish goes, mm, yum, worm, goes to eat the worm. And then the worm has a little harpoon in it and it's hollow and it injects a very uh, potent bolus of neurotoxins into the animal. So it immediately paralyzes it with rigid paralysis. And then the snail goes, uh, sort of bursts out of the sand and, and pulls back in its, 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 its tongue and, and then engulfs the fish and gets a really nice meal. Oh my gosh, wow, that is pretty amazing. Um, so you went from so these- really sparked me in science. That's what got me going. It would definitely spark me too. That sounds amazing. Um, so you went from these poisonous snails to uh, C. elegans. How did you make that transition from one model to another? Oh, right, that, that was a, you know, yeah, it's kind of a jump. Um, so that undergraduate work uh, led me to go through a few labs and then uh, get, got into graduate school in Boston, uh, working in biochemistry, um, and then got into uh, a, a lab in University of Utah doing genetics. And that's where I got into C. elegans uh, and found it a very, very useful model for, for genetics. It's a very potent, powerful model. And, uh, and in fact, it got involved in uh, uh, one of the first sort of uh, gene editing techniques was called the Mosky technique that allows you to introduce uh, um, DNA at a site-specific locus. And, uh, and we published that. And then uh, I took that and commercialized that technology and launched a company called Nudra. And uh, once we launched Nudra, we grew that business for a little while and uh, then found this uh, other company, which, uh, which we know of very well. Uh, at the time it was called Nemometrics, 
uh, we merged, merged together and formed uh, a company that brought the instrumentation and the, and the phenotyping capacity together with the ability to engineer the genome of C. elegans and uh, created a, a nice uh, uh, system for creating data packages for clients. And in fact, at the same time, uh, about that time, we were also got into doing zebrafish. So we offer two different alternative animal models, the zebrafish and the C. elegans. That we do. Um, so can you tell us just a little bit more about starting Nudra? Because you went from, you know, being an academic to founding a company. That's pretty impressive. Well, right. You know, it is sort of scary to, when you're in graduate school going, oh, my, what am I what am I going to do with my life? Um, you know, uh, phenomenon is that as you should come out of your either graduate school or postdoc, uh, 10 percent, only 10 percent of those people make it into an academic position. Um, so, so what do the other 90% do? Most of them go into academia or do something else. So uh, the do something else aspect was mine. It was like, I think I might have a technology here, that, you know, the Mosky technology, and I might go ahead and try and commercialize it. So I decided to do that. And um, that was scary. Um, but I had my dad as a mentor. So my dad was is a biochemist, and he worked uh, in uh, as an academic, and then he went into industry, which I did actually about a year long stint in industry, uh, but he did a many year long stint in industry, and then he started his own company. So I had a I had a, I had a role model there. My first role model was my papa, and uh, and so uh, if he can do it, I can do it too. And uh, it was a struggle for those first couple of years, very tough going, but we were able to hit stride in a couple of years in and really start cranking away and start making money. Yeah, it sounds like you definitely have the uh, entrepreneurial blood in your veins if uh, your dad uh, experienced that as well. Um, good to have mentors too. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about some experiences in your life that have led you to where you are today? Yeah, you know, you, you get these experiences uh, for good or for bad, you know, I mean, uh, once I, I got out of my postdoc and realized it just didn't have that killer uh, stack of publications, it, you know, it really forced my hand. I had been dreaming of being a, an academic in Ivory Tower, and, and I really enjoy the process of, of scientific thinking and scientific study. Um, but, you know, now it, getting into where we are now in, in our group, we've now got essentially that, but we've got a little bit of profit motive going on. So, you know, the pivots that you have to take, the, the chances that you have to do, they're scary, but they're, they're, they're almost always rewarding. So, so, so a wall comes up to you in front of your life and you start looking sideways, looking around the wall, looking at other ways. And, and often, often those, those, those other alternative paths uh, can be quite interesting to take. That is very true, and we're glad you did take that alternative path. Um, so you have touched on this a little bit, but were there any major events in your life that you view as turning points in your career? You know, the, we, uh, you know, besides the sort of jumping from um, and uh, going from an academia focus to to all right, let's 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 try the entrepreneurship. Um, you know, what, what another big turning point was when I was uh, sort of, well, working together with, with an incredible team uh, in Nudra, uh, you know, we, we, were, we, we were, went into a merger and that was a very scary time. And, and it was a very, uh, you know, to, you know what, what does it mean on the other side of a merger? 
Um, that has been was it quite an adventure to get through that. We had some some challenges some from from not everybody on our on our team was aligned uh, with doing the merger, and that, that was a very tough time. And I, I was I struggled hard with that to essentially get everybody on my side on board with the merger, but we did. And, uh, and, and, and that, that merged entity now is in vivo biosystems. And now I feel like uh, that's been a winner approach to have taken. Yeah, um, we are you know, so happy that you have continued on with in vivo biosystems as well. It's so, such a pleasure to get to work with you every day. Um, so in your view, what are the skills you need to be successful in a startup as a scientist? You know, we're trained as scientists to be very independent, to 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 you know drive your own questions, to do to to take the idea and keep chasing it and 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 move forward. But it's actually very sort of insular, very very uh, kind of self-oriented. Um, yes, you do a lot of collaborative meetings, and you get you get to challenge the assumptions you're making and so on. So so there is a collaboration. But I would say. Um, when it, when it goes to getting out of academia and going to industry, it becomes much, much more oriented towards a team. So learning how to be a good team player has been a challenge, um, and, but it's a very important thing because the, the level of success you can get from, from well-oiled well mindshare um, is amazing. And, and that's the one thing that I've sort of really have learned and, and, and has been a big difference to, I was still learning the process, but, but I think it's a very important one to learn and how to work well together with a team and hit objectives. It's funny because that is definitely a theme that has come up in many of these 17 minutes uh, interviews is just the collaboration that is needed to progress science forward, whether you're an academic or you're an industry, collaboration is definitely key. Agreed, agreed. It, it, collaboration is a winning approach. Yes. Um, so you, your title with us is CSO, but I feel like that doesn't even begin to encompass what you do. You also uh, are very involved in the sales process and you work closely with many of our customers. What do you enjoy most about working with customers? Well, you know, it, 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 as an academic and you first ask, ooh, could I do sales? Um, you know, it's almost an anathema, you know, it's like, ooh. But you know what? Um, once I go, so when I first, so one of the things I did right after trying entrepreneurship was realized how profoundly ignorant I was. And so I went and got an MBA and I learned sales techniques, and, you know, just, just all, you know, the whole, encompassing how to do a business and grow a business and uh, the analytics you can do in sales they're very uh, scientific you know a b testing and so on and i really uh, i really like that i like i like the fact you can sort of test out your hypotheses in the market with people you know like like does this message work or does that message work and so actually you know i found it actually um surprisingly comfortable place to be and uh, i'm a, i'm a, fairly outgoing person. So I love talking to new people. And so I say one of the thrills about it is, is, is just trying to meet the needs of the customers and trying to understand what they're doing and, and ask, you know, uh, can we, can we be of help? Yeah. I mean, I think that you, you really hit the nail on the head there and that many people at first kind of recoil a bit at the idea of doing sales, but um, yeah, it's so data-driven that it can be very engaging as well. Yeah, it can um, feed the intellectual plus the emotional. So it's actually quite quite fun. It is, yes. 
so jumping back a little bit to um, something you alluded to earlier, but I'd love to talk a little bit more about important mentors in your life. So you mentioned your dad, um, but yeah, if you could just expand a little bit about who were some of the most important mentors to you throughout your life and in your career. Sure, sure. Well, dad's been a really important one. Uh, 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 Papa encouraged me to do science fairs as a little kid. And in fact, uh, I was able to win the state fair and go on to the international science fair. So I, I was a I've been a geek through and through my entire life, pretty much. Um, got into school and, and got into Toto's lab and, and uh, had, had a blast as an undergrad, just, just being in the lab, basically been given a long leash in most of the positions I've gotten into and uh, allowed to just explore at will. And that's, that's the inventive side uh, that I, you know, the aspect of science that I just absolutely love is just exploring questions. And then, um, uh, well, graduate school, uh, Dean Tolan was uh, my advisor there, taught me biochemistry, and, and, and really that was a you know very eye-opening uh, area to go down. And then uh, Eric Jorgensen for my uh, postdoc, long postdoc, seven-year postdoc, I definitely like that postdoc, um, but that was able to take a technology out of there and commercialize it. And, you know, so that's had a lot of mentors in my life that have been. Uh, and, and team members. I mean, you know, like like uh, my, I consider my co-founder at Nudra is Trisha Brock. Um, she's she's a, a mentor for me and uh, and a great friend. And 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 many of the team at, at, at Inviva Biosystems, I, just about everybody. But there's a lot of people there, you know, that that are uh, have been very inspiring to me. I uh, count my blessings fairly often that I get to work with such an amazing group of people. So it's always wonderful to feel, to hear that other people feel the same way as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's been a scary path to, to take these different turns and go uh, and go down, but, but it's almost always rewarding when you, when you either look over your shoulder, or you look to the right or to look to the left and go, hmm, I wonder what's over there. Yes, asking questions often is, is definitely key. So we have just a, just a few moments left. And I was wondering if you wanted to end by um, sharing any advice you would give to someone who may you know, be in a similar situation you were once in, an academic who isn't quite sure where they wanna go and do they wanna do industry or do they wanna do academia and um, you know, potentially thinking of even starting their own company. What advice would you give to someone like that? Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Uh, vision questing is, is, is important. It's, it, it, you know, asking yourself, where do I want to be six months from now? You know, just trying to ask, you know, all right, well, I can do this and do that. All right, what's the next one? Where am I going to be one year from now? Where am I going to be two years from now? Take it all the way out to five years and ask, where would I like to be in five years? And then, and then you know, if, if you're finding that's a, an interesting place, I want to be in academia or I want to be in, in uh, industry or I want to have a, a successful startup, Take it back, baby steps. What are my little steps to get there? So, so, so vision, you know, trying to just ask where do you want to be in a few years and then try and figure out what the steps to get there. I mean, that's a little bit of it. It's just random walk, but uh, a lot of it is premeditated thought. No, I think that's, that's a great plan because you're not going to reach your goals if you don't think about what your goals even are. Yeah, yeah. You got to be time bound. You got to say, I want to be X by Y. Yes, very true. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today on 17 Minutes of Science. It is a 
pleasure to get to work with you every day and to share a little bit more of your story with our audience as well today was um, a real treat. So thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. It was my pleasure and thank you for the honor. Thank you, Chris. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today to 17 Minutes of Science. We will see you next time. Bye.